What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to the Summer Dog Days edition of Cavs the Podcast. You've got Evil Genius here with Nate Smith and Tom Pestak, your three summer amigos. Um, how are you, fellas? I'm doing great. Just got back from two weeks in Michigan. Uh, wh- Where you guys ran into each I other, did right? did randomly on the, <laughs> on the gritty streets of um, Grand Haven. <laughs> Actually, no, we literally ran into each other at a chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah. And That's one of the craziest. You guys both won the golden ticket. We did. Pretty much. Did. Yeah. Tom, Tom starts texting me saying, nice hat. And uh, I'm like, what did my wife post a a hat on Facebook or something, but no, I, he saw my brand new, uh, tribe hat that I just bought before I'd left. So, uh, nice. at, at the stadium, the, a nice red and white one, pretty sweet, pretty sweet design. And then, uh, and he just happened to be getting a tour of a chocolate factory with his family at the same chocolate factory. My wife was and kids were visiting while I was sitting outside <laughs> waiting nice. for them to be done. <laughs> So we we all got the big group pick and uh, and and shot the bowl for about five ten minutes and Tom had to hit the road. So oh so no so no big uh, Smith Pestak 
Uh, no, it was kind of a bummer. Dinner collaboration with the family? <laughs> no, Tom was on his way out of town, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. maybe okay. next summer, Tom. Yeah. yeah. No, we had already checked out. It's just so funny. You know what I kept thinking, Nate, on the drive home? is like I kept trying to think of the odds. And, like, what were the odds? Yeah. Like, we'll think of it this way. It was our... How, how much... It was our Cavs how, being down 3-1. <laughs> well, I mean, it, even crazier. Like, first of all, let's just say, for the sake of argument... That someone playing God puts you and me both in Grand Haven on the same morning, right? Even then, yeah. what are the odds that we would both wind up at this nondescript chocolate factory among like one of a hundred things you could do in Grand Haven? Well, and the funny, you know thing what is, I mean? Like, I, it's I'm so staying twenty miles away, and it was the only the second time in two weeks I'd been to Grand Haven. So, and you and neither of us had ever been to this chocolate factory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Wow. So just really, really long shot odds. And it, well, Nate didn't walk in at first. He dropped off his uh, beautiful family, his wife and his two daughters. And I immediately, I mean, immediately, I'm like, that's Nate's best family. <laughs> and my wife, <laughs> Melanie, is like, how do you know? And I was like, I mean. Well, you've met it, them. Cause I, yeah, I was like, because I know, because I've met them. Like, she's like, well, but you haven't met him like that many times. I was like, well, how? How many times do you have to meet people before you can say, like, that's that person? And, you know, like, especially one of Nate's daughters has very curly hair. You could see her curls from outer yes, space. Yeah. Like, it's very... And and just, you know, the other thing is when you see all three of them, it's like if one of them looked out of place, <laughs> right. like, well, I don't know who that third one is. You know, you'd be like, well, maybe it's not them. But it's like, that's Nate Smith's family. And then you see the pasty right. guy uh, outside of the street, <laughs> and you're like, okay, it all fits. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wearing so some, that was as long as it's a Cleveland sports hat, you know it's probably me. And I was wearing. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was wearing my Cleveland hat and my Believeland T-shirt. So. <laughs> well, I had my Cavs the blog T-shirt with me, but I had worn it the day before, and uh, so it was in like the dirty laundry pile. So how sweet would that have been if you had just seen me on the mean streets of the gritty streets of <laughs> Grand Haven wearing the Cavs the blog yeah. T-shirt? I, I've always wanted to see one in the wild, but I don't think that would actually count. <laughs> well, it's funny because my wife stole mine that trip. She was wearing it the whole trip. So <laughs> so you might have seen her in it, but not me. That's but, funny. yeah, we, we had a great time. Well, was the chocolate any good, though, guys? I mean... <laughs> chocolate was pretty darn good. Delicious, but really expensive. Yeah, what was the name of the place? Grimaldi. Some with a G. Yeah, Grimaldi. Grimaldi's. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of Grimaldi's Pizza. They yeah. have they have a good Grimaldi's Pizza in New York City. But well, it was it was Grimaldi's a local, chocolate. just tiny little chocolate shop with their own little chocolate assembly line. So uh, and they, they they're famous for chocolate covered potato chips. Interesting. Like any kind of potato chips, or is it like Ruffles? Like, it's like Ruffles. Yeah. yeah, it's like Ruffles, and they're huh. really good. Huh. So there you go. <laughs> well, if I'm ever on the mean streets of. Uh, what it, what town is it? Grand, Grand Haven. Haven. Grand Haven, Michigan. I'll I'll be sure to stop in. Yeah, it was kind of funny because the next like two nights later we were there, um, and we stopped in uh, uh, Oddside Ales, which is one of the brewing companies because there's a billion breweries there, and the our bartender was from uh, uh, Fairview Park. No way. <laughs> That's where I was born. How about you guys? No, <laughs> no, but he, he <laughs> I was had, not born at Fairview he Park. Had, a lot of people were like, if you are from Cleveland, chances are you were born at Fairview Park. Yeah, so that was kind of wild that 
you know, he liked my Believe Lend shirt as well. So nice. Small world. Small world. I didn't pimp Cavs a blog. I should have. Well, I was at Kroger on Friday night, and or no, I was at Meyer on Friday night, and the there was this plucky like college kid cashier who I was wearing something Cavaliers related, and he's like, "Oh man, the Cavs! You know, you upset about LeBron and all this stuff." And I was like, "No, nah, I'm over it." And this kid was like dropping all kinds of you know, deep subculture knowledge on the Cavs. I mean, and he was just going to town. I was like, man, this kid might never ring me up. Like, he just wants to talk about the Cavs. And so finally at the end, I was like, you ever heard of Cavs the blog? He's like, yeah, I go there a lot. I was like, he's like, I, he's like, I follow Cavs the blog or Cavs the tweets on Twitter. And I was like, well, okay, you need to like get in the comments section then because, you know, we could use you. And, yeah. so I and then I told him, you know, we run that blog and he looked astounded that like someone <laughs> from Dayton, you know, is, yeah. you know, is partial. He was, owner he, of was Cavs star blog. he was starstruck. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, oh my podcast. God. <laughs> well, I was actually, I was taking my, my, uh, oldest kid up to, Washington State University. We did like a like a eight day road trip and went up through California, Nevada, up through the fires and everything, and and into Idaho and end up to up to Washington. I like moved him into his dorm and everything. And the first day we were on campus, there were like you know kids kind of milling around, and parents like frantically moving them in and things like that. And I saw a kid. Who had, he had a Cavs jersey on? I could tell from the colors, and I assumed it would be a LeBron jersey. And then it was a Delavadova jersey. Nice. And I thought, oh wow! Oh yes. Like, that's here. Here I am, like about as far away as you can get from Cleveland in the continental United States. And here's a kid wearing a a uh, NBA champion uh, Matthew Delavadova jersey. Oh, from, very nice. Clearly from 2015 or 16. So that is I thought that sweet. was a cool sight. I gave him a, I, I tried to give him a fist bump and he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, I said, dude, Cavs fan. And he's like, oh, okay. So. Nice. You should have just. Like, Who is this old weird guy giving, trying to give me a, a fist you bump? You should have just, you should have gotten his shorts and done some harassing defense and he would have known right <laughs> yeah, away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Getting in someone's shorts and harassment, not something you should do on a college campus. Probably not like, on yeah. his visit either. Parents you, move yeah. 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 Anyways, I thought that was fun. Yeah, I love I love the I, in the wild uh, Cavs uh, jersey sighting. Yeah, well, it was weird because it was. I mean, I've been largely absent this summer because I've just I was so kind of exhausted after last year, and and uh, you know, just kind of just just put the Cavs out of my head for for at least. You've got to renew or, and refresh. You have yeah. to, but it was the first time in a while that I really kind of thought because I'm living out here in LA and I'm surrounded by, you know, it, it, you know, ex ex excited Laker fans who are like, think that they're, they've got the savior of their team now. And I'm trying to remind them that they have the 34 year old LeBron rather than the 27 year old LeBron, you know, like the, <laughs> like the heat had when he left the first time. So it's like, yeah. it's not just going to be an easy walk to the finals and maybe not even the playoffs for you guys just so you know and they always say well you're just a bitter cleveland fan i'm like not really i said we got our title and you know lebron spent plenty of years in cleveland so and i would still rather lebron and the lakers win a title than the warriors oh, god I'm honest torn, truth. man i'm torn but 
God honest truth. Let me tell you the one thing that the so the antithesis of the Cavs jersey in the wild now for me is the LeBron James LA Lakers jersey in Cleveland is I just I just get a Ugh. sickening Oh, is that well, nauseated real? feeling in the pit of my <laughs> You're stomach. You're sick of it, sick of it there. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's not. It's in like Cleveland. a forest here. It's not in <laughs> Cleveland, but I, I see your point. <laughs> yeah, but you you're right. Can't. Yeah, in Cleveland, but you know, but the, you're always going to have that. I mean, there were plenty of fans that like LeBron more than they like the the actual Cavs team. Yeah, so it's true. It's true. So, and I guess this is a good time to raise this conversation. We were going to do a little later in the podcast, but we might actually ought to talk about something basketball related before the 15 minute mark. So, um, Tom and I actually have a bet this year on the, uh, on the Lakers. Uh, do you know the over under? So on the, on the bet there, Tom, do you remember that? I can look it up. It's either 43 or 41. I All I gotta do is check for what Nate Smith. wins. Yeah, yeah, steak. Interesting. So well, yeah, 43. 43. Neither one of those. Neither one of those numbers gets them into the playoffs in the no. West. And what's the over under in Vegas right now? Isn't it like forty eight? I thought it was closer to fifty, but maybe forty eight. Yeah. So our bet is there's some contingencies. So the bet is off if the Lakers land Kawhi Leonard, which seems. Am practically impossible now, and it's also off if LeBron suffers an injury where he misses more than like how many games, Nate? Like more than fifteen games I think or something we said like that. Fifteen, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> well, if either of those take, things, he might take fifteen games off. Just to no, do it. that's not part of it. We we talked about that. Chill mode okay, is not part of it. He has to be actually be a injured. Injury, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the over under <laughs> nationally is forty nine games. Uh, okay. Anywhere between so, 48.5 and 49.5. Well, was it Kevin Pelton that did his showing or whatever projection and it was like 40 or something really bad? Yeah. It was like 41, I think. Yeah. Shanane, whatever the heck his ridiculous <laughs> acronym. <laughs> it was 41 and a half. Is that what you said, EG? Uh, yeah, I think it's 41 and a half. Wow. But so he's even he, more but he put a lot of but he put a lot of qualifiers on it too. Yeah, I mean, like one of the qualifiers you know. was he guys that go to new teams have usually have much lower PERs. But he was like, yeah, LeBron will probably be the exception, not PER, uh, right? RPM. LeBron will probably be the exception to that. So, well, and, he, and like he did in Cleveland or even in Miami, he's going to he's going to elevate guys that have potential that hadn't been meeting it. Right. You know I mean? So some, I like of all the guys that he has there, I feel like Kuzma might really have a breakout year because he can actually shoot the ball. Yeah. I actually think Hart is got a good chance to be a, a really good player next to him. Yeah. For the same reasons. Probably, right. Exactly. Right? I mean, he's a good three point shooter and he's, he's athletic. I mean, I, I, I know you're bought in on sleepy eyed Ingram, but I, I still am not. <laughs> I still think Ingram will be moved for unnamed a pro uh, player star to be named later. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's at the trade deadline or next summer, so yeah, yeah. So it's weird, though. I gotta say, it's weird. I was listening to forget if it was local radio or NBA radio the other day, and they a couple of guys were talking about how it's so strange for LeBron to be on a team. That's not selling out to win a championship. 
Yeah. And yeah. doesn't appear to be in any hurry to do so. No, I know. And he's literally, I mean, he's, he's the oldest he's ever been in that scenario. Like, it's not, again, like he's not 27 year old LeBron or even 31 year old LeBron coming back to the Cavs. In which case, both cases he had two arguable all stars, uh, to go play with. And now he's going to go play with a bunch of young guys and a bunch of weird old <laughs> vets. A very that don't odd know how they fit. team. Um, who have we got? Rondo. We got, uh, Lance Stevenson. We've got Michael Beasley. It's like JaVale McGee. I mean, this oh, yeah. is like a who's who of bizarre NBA storylines over the last 10 years. You know, five. Well, and it's years. a who's who of locker room, you know, people with questionable. I mean, they can't shoot. Um, yeah. they've, and their, their court IQ is, especially with like, McGee and Stevenson is not, yeah, great. Have, have, you, have you? I mean, I don't know if I can think of a worse, like, offensive backcourt to put with duo than yeah, Rondo no, and than, Stevenson than Rondo, or Rondo and, no, or and Lonzo, Rondo and Lonzo, like yeah. Rondo and Lonzo, the oh, the Zo offense or the. Yeah. Offense. This is just the O <laughs> yeah. offense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, honestly, you can sag off both of them. Yeah. You don't even now, need anyone in the back. You don't even need to ha- guard the perimeter. I mean, just. Yeah. Now, I will say the, the counterpoint to that is if LeBron actually chooses to be the role man that he can be, both those guys are ridiculously good passers uh, that can get. He can get the. He's got such a huge wingspan, and you can get the ball to him at so many angles. That could be devastating pick and roll. The problem is, <laughs> you know, do you well, just go under it and then, yeah? So it'll be. LeBron can physically do. LeBron certainly can physically do that. It's. I think it's more of a question of patience. Oh yeah. Does he yeah. have the patience to be a role man and not have the ball in his hands? Yeah. Well, to just watch these guys dribble around and who the guys know they can't shoot. And, yeah. and have to, you know, have to outfox either bigger power forwards or faster, smaller forwards. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, and the other kind of weird thing about that is, you know, there's the theory going around and, and some days I ascribe to it and some days I don't is that this is kind of a low key retirement move for LeBron. Like he doesn't have to play into June every year, he can just play into mid-May and, you know, make movies in June. So, <laughs> sure. So who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Look, um, maybe he looked in his crystal ball and said, even if I stay here, I know I made the finals with this kind of piece together mishmash of a, of a team that was essentially re- rebuilt at the trade deadline. Um, and look, they were, a bonehead JR play away from being up 1-0. <laughs> they had two of those four games that they could have won just like the year before. Like, but in the end, there's just so much, you can't be, you, there's so much firepower on the other end, you can't afford to beat yourself. And, and they did. And, and maybe he just looked at it and said, I don't see this getting any better. Like, maybe I'll make four more trips to the finals and, you know, like still main to manage to stay ahead of these up and comers in the East. But am I going to be able to beat these guys ever? And if I'm going to do that, then, 
he said it before, like, why why make his finals record even worse? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's certainly the argument either way. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll he could have gone to Philly. He could have gone to Philly. <laughs> he could have gone. He could have gone to Houston had he opted in and wanted him to go to Philly. Yeah, but I don't think he trusted Dan Gilbert to opt in. Uh, and, what do you and mean? I well, because if he'd have opted in, then he would have, you know, waived his. It would have. I don't think he trusted Dan Gilbert to make a trade that wouldn't have gutted Houston. So right, right, and and made it impossible. But hey, we got. It, it's so funny. I wrote an article on the Daryl Morey method of building a team the day that he signed. Uh, uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. So, you think? Yeah. I mean, what was the what was the deal though? Oh, how it's much? league minimum salary. So, oh, you that's know, it's, maybe not bad. No, but they're replacing they're replacing guys like Ariza and Mabamute who could play defense with guys like Carmelo and um, who's the other guy they signed. They brought somebody else. Oh, uh, Michael Carter Williams, and it's like, well, those guys Ooh. can't play. Those guys can't play defense. Yeah, can't shoot. Yeah, yeah, and and Mel is a black hole who doesn't want to sit. Who doesn't want to come off the bench? So good luck with that, Houston. Well, at least they resigned the important guys, I guess. Well, I think if Melo could embrace a a less selfish role. You know, I mean, he's tall and he can shoot. So guys like that, you know, think of Kyle Korver, right? I mean, he's six eight and he can shoot. He moves well without the ball. He's not some great defensive player. Like, why can't Carmelo Anthony has all the tools to be almost as good as Kyle Korver from a shooting perspective, and he has some even better physical tools for you know defense, rebounding, other things like that. I think he's kind of a lazy player, and he still plays with sort of a entitlement mentality that like I'm gonna go get mine and you know I don't mean for the league minimum I think that was probably probably worth the risk uh so picking back up where we <laughs> where we left off yeah my fault guys sorry it's all right summertime man it's it's technical di- <laughs> difficulties then, it's when they paint the road and I uh, spent <laughs> 10 right. minutes speculating on Michigan property <laughs> <laughs> so anyway Although I will say the one thing, if you, it's funny because if you tell people that you vacation in Michigan or that you spend time in Michigan, you really like it. Like any diehard Ohio State fan is like, why would you go to Michigan? That place is, you know, that place is the worst, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because where Michigan is, is like more like Ohio than the rest of Michigan. Like Ann Arbor is very atypical of the rest of Michigan from what I've kind of discerned. So. Yeah. No, I felt like I was in. An Ohio town. I mean, it, yeah. the people seem the same. They didn't really sound different. Um, oh, there's an accent. You can kind of pick it up from people that grew up there, but it's it's subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it just it yeah. feels very midwestern. Yeah, like kind of. You can pick up an accent from people that grew up in Northeast Ohio because they have that real hard R. Yeah, like, I just went and got my car. Yeah. <laughs> hey, ma'am. <laughs> well, the, the the hardest is the buffalo. Like, people from Buffalo, it is unreal how thick that like yeah. Great Lakes accent is. 
Yeah. Well, Cleveland has a strong accent depending on what part of Cleveland you grew up in, although it's kind of gotten more generalized. But older people from certain parts of Cleveland, you can you kind of pick up where they grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I I love uh, love the Midwest, <laughs> love the Great Lakes region. So yeah, it's had, good. I miss had it. Had some amazing beer out there. Oh my gosh, there's so many good breweries. So, dude, Nate, we gotta go. Have you gone to that famous pizza place in Grand Haven where it it looks like they haven't renovated it since like the fifties? <laughs> no, I haven't gone there. Oh man, it it's really good. And okay, I'll check it's it out. Th- it's thin crust, which you know my feelings on thin crust. No, I'll, I don't. Tom, oh, tell me gosh. your feelings on thin crust. <laughs> uh, it's Wait, are ch- you joking? Do you not know his feelings on thin crust? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I easy, thought maybe you did. And he was, easy uh, knows. You were teeing him up. No, no I'm not. <laughs> I was teeing him up, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think cracker pizza is a travesty, and all pizza should be deep dish. But in this case, <laughs> it was thin crust, but it was good. And this is the thing. This place only has like four toppings. You can get pepperoni, <laughs> mushroom, sausage, and like green pepper. That's it. Like you can't get anything else. Um, and they, it's this little specialty shop and it was really good and affordable and their beer was cheap and they had some stuff on draft. And there was no kidding, an Aston Martin parked right outside on the street <laughs> that I pulled up behind with my Toyota Sienna. <laughs> oh, we didn't even get to compare Siennas. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 06, baby, 130,000 miles. Dude, you, guys wow. have to, you guys have to convoy that. Next this, time. Is, this is the Soccer Dad uh, podcast. That's not yeah. that many, Nate. Yeah, I, got, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I got an 09, and I got 140. Okay, well... <laughs> okay, we got we got to get off this topic. Come on, yeah. guys. Anyway, so <laughs> wow, how do we segue out of that? Well, we haven't talked about uh, we've talked about LeBron, we've talked about the Rockets. But well, we don't the Rockets really... play at the Toyota Center? That's how. That's true. Oh, nice. Very Boom. Nice. Segway. Boom. Segway. Well, we haven't <laughs> talked about much about the Cavs and what they've done this summer and what we all think of the moves. I know Nate, you've been doing a, a, a pretty cool series this summer about um the different roads the Cavs could take but did you i i forget i I've, it's been a little while since i read them did you have a preference on oh on I, I, my preference is definitely smart team building um you know not win at all costs now kind of the daryl Morey method you know the problem with that is you kind of got to win every trade and you got to make smart draft picks but right Kind of the uh, kind of the the route they're taking, it seems. Right, exactly. And I don't know if we talked a little bit on the live thread and a little bit in the email, but the the Bleacher Report article that came out last week that was kind of ridiculous because it simultaneously said the Cavs are terrible and will have one of the ten the lowest records in the league, but also they should trade every superstar because they're not that terrible. And it was like <laughs> it was pick like one. Yeah. yeah, pick one. You can't have both. Yeah. So no, they can have both because yeah, you know, they can have cause, both because they 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 can you know dump on Cleveland now again. So. Yeah, exactly. And and to me, it's kind of win win. I mean, even if the Cavs aren't that good this year, they're not going to put themselves in a position to just miss out on a draft pick. You know, if they're in the bottom eight in the East, they're if, or you know if they don't make the playoffs in yeah. the East, they're not going to be eleventh in the league. I mean, I just don't see that happening. Um. But if they are in that position, it means their players are playing really well. So, yeah. you know, and the other thing is if they don't get a top 10, if they have to give up their pick this year, then they get it next year. But if they don't get it this year, then they also have to stink next year. 
right. to keep their draft pick. So it's like, you know. It's, and this is supposed to be not a great draft coming up. Although right? everybody thinks that Zion Williamson is is might be the best prospect since LeBron in terms know. of just raw physicality. But someone someone said he's like a cross between maybe you said that someone said that he was a or maybe it was uh, in Ben's article on Friday, but he was a cross between uh Deshaun no um Lance Stevenson and Charles Barkley or, <laughs> yeah. or what? Or, yeah. Or uh with the with the hops of a Nate Nate uh Who's the short guy, Robinson? Or Nate Robinson, yeah. And I'm like, none of those things sound good to me. Like, <laughs> he sounds like a fat guy who can jump really high. Yeah, yeah. like well, Anthony I'm, Bennett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had that guy. His name was Corey Maggette. <laughs> I mean, Corey Maggette only shoot. went right. Remember that? It was like, he just put his head down. Went right, tried to get fouled, make one or two free throws, rinse, repeat. He had like a 19 per because he got to the free throw line so much. Honestly, and now I, and now I believe he's playing in that big three league. I think I saw. Him. Oh yeah, he uh, probably is. And he's still oh, doing man. that same thing. I watched a big three game when I was on the way there. It featured Drew Gooden. Oh, it was, was like the a duck bill. Did he have the duck bill? The duck tail. Duck no, he did not have the duck tail. <laughs> no! Not the duck bill. No, but it featured like it was like a who's who of former Cavs power forwards. It was like <laughs> Boozer. It was like Drew Gooden. Boozer was on the team. Um, God, who? Marcus Pfizer was there. Sean um, Kemp. Sean Kemp was no, not there. He's probably too out of shape. <laughs> Sean Kemp. Oh, uh, what about D Block? Darnell Jackson. Ricky Davis. No, Ricky Davis is in the big three. He's the, not that much older than LeBron. He's the, got the, to Ricky be. Davis is only like thirty six. I want to oh see. Gosh, you're right, Ricky. I want to see Kobe come back and play in the in the big three. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Kobe goes for fifty in his final big three game. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I think Kobe should play in the big one league. <laughs> the big one. <laughs> Actually, well, it's kind of funny because I don't know if you've watched any of those big three games, but I have a few. One of the things I like is they give the team a new ball right at the top of the court. So it's almost when somebody scores so that you don't have to, you know, chuck the ball all the way to the top of the court and check it back in. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. which is kind of fun. But the other thing, it's just like, how many times can you watch big guys posting each other up? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I haven't watched basketball since the last Cavs summer league game. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, except for I, that one play of that old guy that like blew up the internet two weeks ago. <laughs> wait, the what? Fake. wait, what? Yeah. What play? That uh, old guy were... ball faking his kid, like putting the ball on the ground and doing the fake turnaround, and then and then his kid the went for the pump fake, head. and then he scored. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's actually, top? I think it takes place in Michigan. Yeah, it's please. Like, the guy's wearing a Sparty T-shirt, so. Yeah. The uh, the link is on the on the blog, so you'll have to check it out. Or just follow. I think Nate like posted it three times. Yeah, on, exactly. On, on the blog or on no Twitter? on Twitter. I Twitter. I <laughs> posted right. on Twitter and on the comments. Right. Where are you at, old C miner? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so the Cavs moves this summer. I mean, clearly, kind of designed to get some prospects in place. Uh, really designed to see what they have with Colin Sexton. Um, Were you guys a fan of the Kevin Love uh, long-term deal? Yeah. I was. I mean, okay, if you I found look it. at I found the way... It. Okay. 
<laughs> if you look at the way the Blake Griffin deal went down last year. <laughs> oh, no. You crack me up, Tom. Uh, such a great point. <laughs> oh, my wife is G-chatting me. Holy cow, keep it down. <laughs> you're, you're gonna wake the whole house. Uh, that's all. Yeah, and, and that's a danger. Uh, Tom, Tom has a brood of, of youngins, so you wake one, you might wake them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> what were we saying, man? Uh, I have no idea. How about um, Kevin Love? Oh, I was just saying, you know, that even if it looks like... Like, they could still move him at the deadline, you know, if... Because part of the problem with trading him was that nobody was going to give him much of anything if he can walk at the end of the season. Right. Now, I like the long-term investment from a team standpoint. Um, I Like you said, I feel like he's got a game that's not going to age terribly. Yeah. Um, I but, just like that he... I like that he, he was excited to sign, and they were excited to sign him. Yeah, I do too, so... Exactly, and and how many of those guys have you had in Cleveland? So you got to take what you can get. Yeah, I mean, well, Channing Fry really thinks that people are are underestimating the Cavs, but then again, he's Channing Fry, and yeah, he's and the eternal he, optimist. So he plays for that team. But I actually nice think hear. a lot of those guys on that team are going to blossom. You know, some guys really play well with LeBron. Some guys are lost with LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jordan <coughs> Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll be so. playing. He's going to be playing over in where Korea or somewhere like that. This the yeah, the Asian summer. Games. He is the uh, the flag bearer for uh, the Filipino uh, national team in the Asian Games. So yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, Did you guys see uh, uh, old Kate Kate Felder just signed a a deal with the Raptors to be their fifteenth man off the bench? Are you kidding me? Who did? No. Kate Felder. Kate Felder. Oh, Killer Shrimp. Killer back in the Shrimp. league. God. <laughs> why? Why? Like all the players that are available to sign. Why? Watch him. Win, watch him win a ring with Kawhi. Oh, hey, you know, more power to him. <laughs> I'll root for that team in the playoffs if they beat the Cavs. Sure. <laughs> because I hate Boston and I hate. Uh, That's true. They might play the Cavs in the one eight. If if that if Kawhi yeah if that worked out yeah yeah you so, know what? as long as people beat Boston I'm fine oh god I hate that team yep I hate everything Boston Brad Stevens still hasn't won anything that's yeah. true hasn't even gotten to the finals nope Danny Ainge is a genius that lucked into some idiot Russian giving him <laughs> a bunch of draft picks for yeah. washed up players and. Then drafted sorry players like uh, R.J. Hunter with them, so he's yeah. out of the league now. He did draft Tatum though. Tatum was a he good did player. draft Tatum, and and Jalen Brown looks like a decent player. So eh, Jalen Brown's okay. Tatum carried well, that a, team. a decent player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look like a bust. Let's put it that way. I think it's silly though that they re-signed uh, uh, what's his Marcus name? Smart. Marcus Smart. They love him. Hey, Marcus he Smart. is the best actor in the You love him. I cannot no, no, stand. No, no. I I said they love him. Oh, I don't no, I can he's the biggest flopper I have ever seen. Yeah. He embodies like Boston though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Exactly. He is Tommy Hines Holmes Viagra supplement. 
Okay, so so in a in an in a quasi alternate universe where the where LeBron somehow well, they make the mid season trade and they somehow get to the uh, you know maybe Houston knocks out Golden State with injuries or whatever and you know and LeBron gets the better of his old friend Chris Paul who always gets hurt in the conference finals. Let's say you got a LeBron led Laker team and a Kyrie led Celtics team. Who are you rooting for? Oh, LeBron led Laker. Oh, that's so tough. <laughs> that is so tough. Or are you just rooting for the stadium to explode? Yeah, for no, much. I wouldn't. I never. I don't know. I I would root for. I don't know. <laughs> Delhi to come flying off the top turnbuckle and double. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess in that scenario, know. I'd have to root for LeBron. But uh, but man, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It would be. It would be very interesting. Um. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be something. So that was the one thing about the Lakers. Like the big arguments I was having with people when I said, you know, they'll be lucky to make the playoffs. Every, you know, the guy I was arguing with basically, well, this isn't the roster that they're going to have in you know March. This <laughs> that roster is is all trade bait. You know, so do you think the Lakers make a major move this year? To add a guy, or you know, know things aren't working out in Toronto. Get. I don't know who else they get. I mean, first of all, unless Kawhi can't play at all, I don't know how things aren't working out in Toronto. Oh, I, well, yeah, exactly. And if Kawhi can't play at all, then why would you trade for him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't see him going there. I I don't know other what other big name is out there that wants to go to L.A. anymore that. I mean, because the two big targets were Kawhi and Paul George, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you'll definitely see some guys shake loose. I mean, maybe you'll see a Blake Griffin. I, he might be available. No he, way they take on that contract. I, I know. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be situations are going to reveal themselves. You know what I mean? No, no, I get it. it but like, but I'm, I'm trying, I'm really been like, you know, now that I'm kind of slowly easing my way back into thinking about the NBA. Like, I, I can't, just off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many guys that would be difference makers that would be, that would be, that would help, that would put them over the hump against Golden State and Houston and even uh, OKC and Utah, I think. Maybe not even, maybe not even Denver. Yeah, well, I, that's the argument that a lot of people are making. So, I mean, but... As we know, people are going to shake loose in the NBA, so we we will see what happens. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe Anthony Davis finally decides he's fed up with being you know fifth in the West. Well, yeah, that I mean, he'd be thing. the logical guy to go after, I guess. He'd probably be a better yeah, piece exactly. than. I mean, he'd be a better fit as the next Laker big man than than Kawhi would, because Kawhi really is kind of redundant with LeBron in a way. In some ways, the, some the ways. defensive prowess is where he really would be something. You know, yeah. to to guard the best player on the other team and generate turnovers. So I just don't think I think the only thing that's beating Golden State is themselves, 
I mean, they'd have yeah. to have, like, the boogie yeah. experiment go, like, crazy wrong. And- well, that's the thing. They can have lots of things go wrong and still win. Like, they're the only team you can really say that about. And it's been that way for a couple yeah. years now. Yeah. Mitch well, Steph only played 51, they- 51 regular season games last year, and they still won the championship yeah. in a sweep. Yeah, the other the other rumor on the street is that if KD wins another one there, he's going somewhere else. Who knows? You know. Yeah, exactly. I can it see him going to LA. Quickly, well, it's funny how quickly KD went from being like the second best player in the league that everyone liked to I think everyone's like bored of him, like <laughs> you know, just well, kind of annoyed, really, what he did. I, I don't know. Well, and w- there was a great thread on, you know, I posted on last week's uh, piece, basically on Ben's piece Friday. It was like. KD is literally like Trump level petty at this point. Like he just and, and I think on, it was Jamey or something. Or, yeah, Jamey basically said, account. "Oh, he has burner." He he's got to have like filters that are just you know. Anytime his name comes up, he he because he was all over getting mad because Ennis Cantor told some kid he should burn his Kevin Durant jersey. <laughs> and like like anyone cares what Ennis Cantor says, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or that you could even anticipate, you know, his father is literally jailed by uh, Erdogan in Turkey. Like, anything any NBA player is going to say is going to intimidate Cantor, who's, like, literally an enemy of the Turkish state at this point. So, I mean, by the way, like, Cantor, if, if uh, other than maybe Russ, like, and, and maybe Ibaka, like, Cantor's got a lot of, <laughs> I mean, he was on that team that he left, right? right? So, yeah. Yeah, like who? I don't know. It's it's just goofy. Like, just let it go, Katie. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to avenge every slight. Well, for a guy that talks about not caring about image, oh so yeah, much, exactly. Like he desperately cares about image. Exactly. The opposite is always true. Did you? Any you got? Did either of you guys read that Kevin Love piece on ESPN today talking about no. um, he had a mental illness in the NBA? Oh no. No. Um, so the mental illness in the NBA piece, really good. Um, I don't know who published it, but it just came out today. And basically Jackie one of the McMullen. things, yeah, one of the things that the estimate was that something like, it was like, Oh, I don't read, I don't read Jack, Jackie McMullen articles because she's from Boston. <laughs> 40 to 60% of the NBA, um, suffers from mental health issues. Wow. Uh, was the, was the estimate. And one of the things was that so many of these guys take so much of their identity from social media and they can't step away even if they wanted to. And so it's like, it, it really is kind of like living in a bubble because, you know, every time you have a bad game, people just crap on you, that kind of thing. And like, Kevin Love probably had it as bad as anybody in the NBA in terms of that. Yeah. You know, well, we saw it. I mean, but his own oh, teammates yeah, <laughs> exactly. at the time. Stop fitting out. Start fitting in. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you're, you're seeing the real Isaiah Thomas kind of come out too. I mean, not not oh, that he God. hadn't before, but like, talk about unfiltered. Sort of like, oh, oh, that's that's the guy we. I mean, this is why we we know we don't like Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> like, it's like you can you can we're suspect from the start. Yeah. Yeah, but like any look. You feel for the guy with what happened to his sister, you know, but he, and he, and he successfully, like, turned that and his, you know, his, his playing while hurt and getting a tooth knocked out and being the scrappy fourth place MVP finisher that year into, 
you know, what he thought was going to be a big payday, and then obviously that all fell apart, and now it's the sour grapes come out, and you realize, oh, wait, yeah, I feel bad that his sister died, but he's kind of a bad guy. Yeah. Well, the other part of it, I mean, he just made ridiculously bad business decisions. Uh, for one thing, um, he shouldn't even have played last year. No. Like, it was completely obvious that he should not, he should have taken the entire year to rehab. I mean, how much money did he cost himself not taking the whole year to rehab? He he could have probably at least gotten an eight-figure contract for at least a year. And yeah. now he's playing for league minimum for... Denver. For Denver. On a team that's got a loaded backcourt, you know, or loaded loaded with it guards. It doesn't really need him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, their best guard is seven foot one, <laughs> so <laughs> or however tall the Joker is. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. But you know, back to the Cavs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we saw some other moves this this summer. Um, uh, the Colin Sexton drafting. I don't know, Tom. Have you weighed in on Colin Sexton at all this summer? You know, I don't know that I have, but. Um... I, I like Colin Sexton. I think it was a decent pick. And, you know, he's going to hit the rookie wall because his usage is going to have to be really high on this team. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I like what I've seen so far. I, you know, I think I'm more positive on him than, like, Ben is. I know Ben's kind of skeptical about him. But, um, you know, I don't yeah, know. I agree with you. I mean, I I like the Anthony Bennett pick, so that goes to show you how much you should trust me. <laughs> ben's skeptical of anybody but Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, th- I guess the the thing that was a little concerning was guys picked behind him that looked really good, like you know Kevin Knox looked really good in summer league, and definitely you know was a six foot nine, kind of has that NBA body. Um, where Colin Sexton is. You know, just barely not a liability defensively yeah. from a uh, from a size standpoint in this you know new switch into anything NBA. So let me um, get, ask you guys a question that's been bothering me for a while. Why do you think? Um, oh my gosh, what's what's the guy's name on uh, Indiana that went to Oladipo? Indiana? Oladipo? Oladipo. Why did it take him so long to be like a breakout star? Coaching situation both like, those things like the but fact look, that he wasn't the guy who or? was his coach who was his coach in Orlando oh, oh he had terrible coach terrible coaches there right who and his coach in OKC was Billy Donovan, Donovan. whose who's basic plan is give the ball to Russ and let him figure it out right so yeah. and and also Oladipo is not a point guard or is not a shooting guard he he's not great off the ball. He's a guy you want to put the ball in his hands. Yeah. He's a scoring guard. He's like, at, at best he's a combo guard. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be a guy you're going to run a million off ball plays for. Yeah. Um, but it's just like you look at his first 4 years and they're I mean his, you know every rookie is going to struggle, but then his next right. 3 years all look remarkably similar. Oh, like yeah. statistically they're almost identical and then he takes this huge leap in almost every category, in yeah. field Nate, goal percentage, in three point percentage, Nate McMillan, assist rate, his steals like double, his points jack up. I mean, he goes from disappointment to like all star. 
Yeah. Look at look at all those guys. Like what did Nate Nate McMillan is the guy that gets the best out of his players. So then are you worried about the Cavs with um well, with Tyron Lue at that I home? think it's I think it we it's oh, too I'm soon to definitely tell. Definitely worried about the Cavs with Tyron Lue. But. I think it's too soon to tell because despite all that look there's a lot of people on especially on our site that aren't big Tyron Lue fans. I uh, I've been you know, there and back again. Um, but <laughs> uh, Hobbit's tale. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. I'll say this. I'll say this much. Now he's got an opportunity yeah, to yeah. play to show how he can coach without LeBron being, you know, without the LeBron safety net security blanket, right? Mm-hmm, Where yeah. I'm just going to play LeBron James 40 minutes a game. And, and he hopefully is going to play 82 games a year. And, and <laughs> that's going to be my offense. Like, I'm still baffled as to how bad they got on defense, given the fact that Lou's supposed to be a defensive coach first. He's supposed to have, have been brought in his buddy Longaberger to, or, or Longabardi. Longaberger. Longabardi. That might need to be his new nickname. Well, Nomad, Nomad always calls him Longaberger Baskets, which I think is funny, (laughs) but, um, but, the, bring I thought this it guy was Longa in. Burger No Baskets. No, or no baskets, Longa yeah. Burger Baskets because yeah, teams get so many baskets scores. on them. Yeah. But he got fired by Phoenix, who was one of the worst defensive teams in yeah. the league. Like, I don't understand. I never understood that move. I still don't understand that move. The thing that concerns me and, more than and anything. You talk about a guy that had a ridiculous leash. Like, yeah. they were terrible the last two years terrible. defensively, and they didn't replace him. Terrible. But. I would say, and guys like, you know, I mean, look, guys get older, but like J.R. Smith really regressed defensively. Um, you know, a lot of guys just really didn't play good defense. Um, and like the thing that worries me more than anything, I would say, is that some of the good coaches that the Cavs had are now Andy. gone, like Phil Handy, like Potopinko, who would work with the big guys. Um, they had one other guy, I think, left, but maybe he may have left with LeBron. But like, the guys yeah, that remained are Damon, like, yeah, Damon Jones and and Longa Longa Barney. Yeah. So I was telling somebody on the thread the other day, I was like, the total Dan Gilbert move is like, Tyloo kind of flames out either this year or next, and who do we bring back? But the Byron fighter Scott. pilot. Oh no, the fighter pilot, <laughs> David Blatt. David Blatt. I could totally see that happening. Come on, Tom. You can totally see that camp happening, can't you? David Blatt. Where is he right now? Is he Turkey? Turkey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He... <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he loved to coach of... Jetty, right? Again, yeah. He coached Jetty before he came over. I, I think David Blatt was a pretty revealing case that to be a successful coach in the NBA, I guess. I, I would even say Greg Popovich. I, I don't think you can succeed being sort of militant anymore. I think Scott Skiles tried and he burned out. Um, I think you can as long as you don't have a, a star with an ego. Well, who would you say right now is a militant coach that doesn't put up with any crap and just tells the players what they're going to do and doesn't cater to all their you know egos? Uh, I, I would say um, Thibodeau. Kind of yeah. has that reputation. Tibbs is that guy, and it's not working out well for him but so far. I think and that's part of why those guys are rebelling against him a little bit too. No, absolutely. You know, the other side of that being, 
you know, maybe those guys should suck it up and learn something, but... Yeah. Well, I just think they're coming... I mean, it's probably different when... I don't even want to say when, like, I was growing up, but maybe when you old fogies were growing up, that was just... (laughs) That was part of life. Like, from an early age, you know, your teachers yelled at you and stuff. Now, no one does that. No one... There were a lot more hard-nosed coaches back in those days. Now, now it's all the college guys that are, like... Yo, but what I'm saying is, throughout your life, you would experience that. First from your parents, maybe your aunts and uncles, then your teachers... Now you don't get it from anyone. So they're not getting it from their teachers. They're not getting from their AAU coaches. So if an NBA coach comes in and is just like, here's how we're going to do things, and the players feel like, you know, disrespected or whatever, they just tune them out. And it sounds like that's kind of what happened with Blatt. None of the players liked him. And that's obvious. Except probably Delhi liked him. Because I think a lot of, I, I think there was a really mixed bag on Blatt from everything that I heard. Really? Um, but I think the big thing was LeBron did not like him. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of poisoned the whole team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I heard that from a couple sources, so. Yeah, it's too bad. That just LeBron and Blatt were like oil and water. So. Look, I think. So I don't know. I as mean, long as Ty Lue does what, what needs to be done to either make the playoffs if they want to make that push, or if they decide at the trade deadline that it's time to start throwing games and getting on, you know, making sure they hang under the to the draft pick. Then, you know, as long as he does what what is required of him, then I'm sure he'll be fine for at least another year. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. Um, but I think it's true they need to get. Matters. Yeah. It, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I was gonna say that the player he's gonna have to get some improvement out of I mean Tyler was a point guard right and the defensive one at that like you would hope that he'd be able to take uh sexton under his wing and and you know and really kind of yeah. bring him along but we'll see yeah and and I think the guy that I'm really excited for you know there's there's a few guys I'm really excited for in Cleveland um you know Chetty Osman I really liked what I saw in summer league um you know, I've been really high on his potential for a long time. I think he has... I I don't know what his ceiling is. I mean, I, I think he could be a very, very good NBA player yeah. in the right coaching and system. Um, and I think playing for LeBron was absolutely great for him um, as a guy to emulate. I mean, I can see him not being LeBron, but copying a lot of elements of his game. And you saw it in Summer League. He was doing a lot of the things with the ball that LeBron does. Yeah, you know those kind of mid post into a spin move, um, you know, score either hand that kind of thing. So. Well, the other guy that so. that had a really nice summer league, and then kind of similarly, they they stopped playing him because they they'd seen enough to know that he was, you know, that they didn't need to play him anymore. Was uh, was Zizic too? Yeah, and and what Zizic has got to do um, is. Get, get a time machine back when NBA when big men mattered in the NBA. No, I think I think he can back have a role in the NBA. Guys. I mean, you look at Portland, you look a guy like Yusuf Nurkic. He can definitely fill that kind of role, but he's got to get to a point where he can be nimble enough defensively to stay on the floor. And he's a little doughy still. Yeah, and he's he's got to get lean. You know what I mean? He's got to get lean and mean, and he's got to get a shot out to at least twenty feet. Well, so does Nance. Nance, um, Nance need that, needs that. Yeah. He needs his, to be working with his dad all summer on that that patented 17 to 22-foot jump shot from the corner. Yeah, from he the needs the to elbow. perfect the corner three. 
just like Andre Drummond supposedly is, and uh, <laughs> Dwight Howard working on their corner threes. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to tell Dwight you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, I I'm so excited. This every year it's perpetually renewed illusions with Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he at is now? It- Oh, uh, yeah, where did he go? Where is Dwight Howard now? Oh, Washington. Wizards. Oh, right, right. Now he's a wizard. Yeah, after he got bought out. Well, that's a, that, that's a New crazy Jersey. dysfunctional yeah. team. Yeah, so, um, but I'm excited to see Larry Nance, too. I'm really excited to see what a Larry Nance, Kevin Love, you know, regular backcourt looks like. You know, the passing for them as two... You know, they should be running a ton of offense out of the high post between Nance and uh, Love. And Love. You know, that that should be a staple all the time. And, you know, they got away from it a lot before, so I'm, I'm really excited to see that. Um, the rumor is that they're trying to ink him to a contract extension, and I, and I hope they can, can do that. Um, yeah, the guy that the guy that doesn't sound like he's he's ready to sign anytime soon is Rodney Hood, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, what's your take on that? Eg, are you where are you at with Rodney Hood? I mean, uh, I think it'd be in Rodney's best interest to just see what he can do with this this team without without LeBron that that needs guys to step up and start to you know show their potential and what they can do. But I just don't know if he's got the mental. Um, you know, fortitude to to do that. Um, I mean, I've, I've been reading that he's got zero interest on the free agency market. Like no one's looking to to you know waste any any precious cap space on taking on gambling on whether or not Rodney Hood's, Hood's going to get enough confidence to hit his jump shots anymore. So I don't know. I mean, I think. Yeah, look, if if he wants to stick around and he'll do it for the, you know, the qualifying offer the Cavs gave him, then great. You know, let's see if he can prove himself for a year. And But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I had high hopes for, for Hood when he came over. And, man, he really just, he really, he was more disappointing than, than, than Clarkson in many ways. Yeah, agreed. I, I, he, everything about him was wrong. I mean, there's some things that I don't think will change. He's not a good defensive player. He doesn't have a lot of strength, so he's pretty easy to kind of shed in one-on-one situations and he's a bit too finesse for like a small forward he in my opinion. He shoots a lot of floaters. Yeah, yeah, and and runners. And then you and then you add in the fact that he always looked uncomfortable as far as getting the spots. It's just like he never seemed to nowhere to be in the offense and the Cavs don't run a complicated offense and then he just couldn't hit shots so it was maybe like a perfect storm and he got in his own head I mean he kind of seemed like that like I mean I can get that way on the golf course you know something bad happens and you get stuck in your own head and suddenly it's like you forget how to swing the club and you're thinking like my muscle memory should just take over but your brain puts up barriers to doing the thing that you've done and he's probably in the gym hitting you know, 23s in a row, and then he gets out in the court, he starts thinking, and then, you know, he's short ironing um, one dribble pull-ups with a toe on the line, you know, and yeah. it's just yeah. kind of a vicious cycle. He has the Jay, shortest... Jay Crowdering. He's got the shortest arms ever for a 6'8 dude. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely does. He definitely has a short wingspan, and 
you know, the whole thing on him was, and, and I think it's still kind of affecting his mentality. Um, he was expecting a big payday from Utah and kind of the reports were that, you know, he had a lot of pressure on him from his family and from, uh, his, his crew, uh, you know, bring in the big payday and the, definitely the trade, he did not live up to the hype with the trade and really hurt himself in the playoffs and, and down the stretch in the regular season. So it, he's kind of got to, you know, pick himself off the, off the scrap heap a little bit. And, you know, I don't know if he wants to take a little bit more money to sign a longer term deal or if he's going to sign the one year deal, but he's got to make himself into a player again. You know, nobody, nobody's going to just give him money until he proves himself. Yep. You know, the Cavs are probably his best bet, and I don't think they want to give him more than seven, eight million dollars a year. No. If that. So. What's the qualifying offer like? Four and a half? Uh, it's probably around there. Yeah. Look without crashing this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'm not excited about Rodney Hood like I was. Um, the guy I'm excited about. May not even make the team. We'll probably spend most of the year in Canton. But man, if if he could unlock the potential, I really like that Billy Preston kid. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a couple of years away. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think the way that the and I like what the NBA is doing with the G League now and really, really kind of making it effectively a you know sort of a minor league system for the for the 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 NBA and um. I don't know. I, I'd like to see. I like. I, he's just got so much potential. That guy. I'd love to see him develop because he he had moments where he just looked awesome in summer league, and he had moments where he looked completely lost. But um, but he's got good size. He's got good ath- athletic ability. He's got a really nice uh, jump shot. You know, he, he's not polished yet, but um, but man, yeah, I, feel I mean, like he, that guy's he, a usable player. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they got a late first-round draft pick as a, you know, undrafted free agent. Yeah. You know, a guy you're taking a flyer on because of his athleticism and, you know, maybe his situation wasn't that great. Uh, but there's a few of those guys. I mean, you look at Melton for the Rockets or um, the guy that uh, the Portland grabbed, uh, Anthony Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, both those guys kind of got hosed by their college situations, and uh, one of them played overseas, and one of them didn't even play last year. And you know, they're looking like, hey, that those guys have potentials, and you know, press them because of the, the way Billy Preston thing was Kansas, so strange. Kind of the same deal. The Billy Preston thing was so strange, right? Like, wasn't it some around? He was such a highly recruited guy, and then he had, what was it? Like some weird car accident thing, but like not a really big one, and. Well, and then it ended up, no, I think his, it found out that a booster had given his mom a loan for a car or something like that. Right. And so the, the team just dismissed him immediately. So, or something around those lines. But the interesting thing about the whole thing is it's like, you think he would have been more highly rated, but I think that just kind of shows how, this was a really deep draft. You know, a guy like that probably doesn't go undrafted in another draft. Yeah. But this draft was ridiculously deep. Um, one, I think this draft this last year is going to go down as one of the best drafts of all time, um, just in terms of the amount of really good players that are going to come out of it. But, yeah. you know, a guy like Billy Preston, definitely two, three years in the G League, 
I, I think can have some potential. And like you said, the G League's going to be more and more important. Um, and I really like the way the Cavs have developed their G League team. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the information on how the NCAA basically has talked about uh, players being able to hire agents now in oh, the yeah. future. Uh, and they kind of made this surprise announcement without notifying uh, the NCAA or FIBA or uh, FIBA or the NBA that, hey, uh, you or I guess it was USA Basketball is now going to determine who who doesn't even have the infrastructure to do that, uh, whether a player is quote-unquote NBA ready um, or not. Where yeah. they can hire an agent, it was it was kind of goofy, but there's definitely something that's going to be worked out there. But right. you're going to see more and more teams going, players going through the G League. I think is kind of the wave of the future. It's going to be like the you know baseball minor league system at some. Point It'd be great because sure. because the baseball minor league system not only has been a great um, you know training ground for for guys for the years, but it's also it's also been really good for for mid level city economy. You know, like, you know, where you, where you see, where cities that may, maybe wouldn't get a, you know, a pro sports franchise have an affiliate yeah. that, that actually draws pretty well. Yeah, the Grand Hate, or the Grand Rapids Whitecaps. Yeah. 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 Toledo Mudhens. Um, you know, all those, uh, the, the Durham Bulls, all those great, you know, legendary minor league teams. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Minor league baseball is, is, is an awesome part of uh, small city America. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, it's always yeah, and, and it's got the fan in mind more than any other sporting event. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and also I hope the NBA can kind of figure out a model that works for them for that, rather than just being a you know a loss leader. Right. So. Well, now that it's the G League with Gatorade behind it, who knows? Um. Yeah, exactly. What about this Nawaba um, guy? Then, you know, I haven't. Other... I was sorry. I was gonna say I, I don't know much about David Nawaba other than I remember when he was on the Lakers. Uh... Very nice last couple of years for the Bulls as you know an end you know a rotation bench guy. Right. Uh, very good percentages. Uh, certainly looks like he can contribute at an NBA level. But they're really waiting nice. to sign him until after Rodney Hood resolves itself, yeah. right? I think they have the. Um, you know, the framework of his agreement uh, figured out. Um, but for whatever, I think for cap reasons or whatever, they're waiting till the hood uh, signing is done, which may not get done. So I think as they get closer to camp, that may change. But, you know. And they signed another Isaiah point guard, right? Oh, um, Isaiah Harrison, I think. Oh, no, Isaiah Taylor. Isaiah Taylor, yeah. Yeah. You know me in names. They signed Dick Scott. <laughs> Dick Scott. Where, where yeah. did, was he Atlanta last year, Isaiah Taylor? He was with Atlanta last year and uh, shot a decent percentage. Ah, no, he did not shoot a decent percentage last year. Yeah. <laughs> he shot 25% from three, but... Most of the guys you know. in co- that, they, that they brought in that have in common is that they can't really shoot from the outside, like... I, I had this weird impression after watching his NCAA career that Sam Deckard w- was a good three-point shooter, 
I yeah, I did some, too. I remember like some game, maybe against Ohio State even, where he was just like raining threes on people, and and then I looked at his NBA stats. And I'm like, wait a minute, oh, this this guy's awful. terrible. Like he shot like literally like 18 percent from three last year, I think for 17, 17 percent from three from. Yeah. With the with the Clippers, he was better with the Rockets, but he still didn't play all that much. I guess he had like yeah, he didn't really play in fifteen, right? Because he um, had and then in the injury, sixteen, right? seventeen, he shot thirty two percent, which isn't terrible. But he's he's not a good free throw shooter either, and that's yeah. usually a good indicator if a guy's not a good free throw shooter. I'm not crazy often. though, right? Like didn't th- I remember him like draining threes in college. I don't know. For Wisconsin, that yeah. sounds right. <laughs> well, I, I don't guess know. You might, really be remembering, you might be remembering other white guys draining threes. There's in Wisconsin. a slew of long white guys. Like yeah, Kaminsky. Maybe, you know, you could be yeah, maybe Kaminsky. Yeah, maybe <laughs> but yeah, I guess it gets from one end of the floor to the other really fast, so there's that. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I, somebody said the Cavs might have the fastest team in the NBA next year because Sexton can get up and down and Nance can get up and down and. Decker can get up and down. Like as, as long as you have Love out there, like you can get up and down the floor pretty quickly. Well, but the nice thing about Love is he can throw those outlets. That's true. So that's true. And Jenny can run. Kaminsky shot thirty eight percent on three last year, so I think you might be remembering him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think I Decker mean, was like the slasher type. You know, not really. Yeah, no, he's shooter. a really good cutter, but he definitely got to get some confidence back in his shot. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, for basically just a salary dump from, excuse me, the Clippers, it's not a bad flyer on a guy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, Tyler will finally get to play with Pace. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, it'll be interesting because they they kind of have that, but then they also have, you know, guys that whose whole game is post-up between, you know, Zizic and uh, Kevin Love, so... Don't forget Tristan. Although Kevin Love can do other things than post up. So, yeah. Don't forget Tristan. So yeah, and, and Tristan is kind of the odd man out on this team, but along with George Hill and Kyle Korver. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, no, Kyle Korver. Yeah, in terms of, we'll see. I think George Hill is going to start the season as a team shooting guard. Really? That's what a lot of people are saying is, is probably going to happen. So they'll run a dual combo guard offense right. with George Hill. It makes sense. I mean, just from a defensive standpoint and, you know, maybe a guy who can even help, you know, uh, Sexton on the floor a little bit uh, as opposed to, you know, not wanting to putting him anywhere near J.R. Smith. <laughs> yeah. So, what do they do um, with J.R.? Do they just do, uh, do they just stretch pay Jr. at some point? No, they're not going to stretch pay Jr. What's going to happen with Jr. is they're going to dangle him as a you know semi-expiring contract because only three million of his deal is guaranteed in in twenty nineteen. Um, same thing with uh, George Hill is going to be the same thing. Only one million of his deal. Of his like twenty two million dollar deal is guaranteed in right. twenty nineteen. So it feels like both those so, guys are like are like mid season trade fodder, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think the Cavs are going to try and see what they can get in terms of you know prospects and uh, draft picks at mid season with those guys to you know when other teams are trying to a either clear cap room for the next season or b um, you know try and uh, get guys that that can you know help them 
but feels like they ought to be I able think... to get something for Hill and for Corver at least, and maybe yeah, maybe and... Jr. Like to your point, like there's not a whole lot guaranteed on his deal next year. Right, right, and Corver's deal is only three million guaranteed. Yeah. So. Although I think, and I think Corver can definitely help teams. Although I love having Corver on the team just as a you know. You know, a uh, extra shooting coach. Yeah, so. but yeah. you could sort of have your cake and eat it too if he's on the team for the first yeah. what four or five months of the season, and they they move him at the trade deadline in February. Yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully yeah, for a first round pick, because by that time a team like Philly might be desperate. Yeah, you never know, because they lost all of their outside shooting with uh, with the two Euros going away. Yeah. Um. Wait. Well, they got J- they still got JJ Redick. Yeah, they still got Redick, so. but they lost um, Bellinelli yeah. and uh, yeah, Ilya Sova. Yeah, midseason pickups that really did put them over the top. Yeah. And if Markel Fultz can't get his outside shot back, then they only have JJ JJ Redick. Yep. Yeah, Mar- Markel Fultz kind of featured heaven. Well, they do have Wilson Chandler. So, come on. <laughs> My least favorite NBA fantasy player of all time <laughs> wilson chandler oh my god he was always the guy who's like oh i'm gonna go pick up wilson chandler on the waiver wire yeah. and then he would just Suck. stink it up for two weeks <laughs> yeah and then i would dump him and then he'd be awesome for two weeks you know you know who'd love you know who'd love corver i would think at the trade deadline is probably his old coach bud in uh, milwaukee because they could oh, definitely absolutely. they could definitely use him there i mean to open hey, the floor you know up for my idea Bring Delhi home. Bring <laughs> Delhi home, baby. And I'm a draft pick. Eight. And a draft pick. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yep, bring Delhi home. Bring Delhi home. So I'm excited about that. What about you, Tom? What do you see as kind of the, the rotation for this team? What's the starting lineup? What are the what are the Boy. rotations look like? Yeah, I don't know about that. Um <laughs> it's well, too early to think yeah, about Yeah, it's hard to say. But I do think that... 15-man fire drill? Well, I think if they want, they can run a lot of guys. And they do have some athletes. They do have some bodies. They do have some people with a bit of a motor. And so, you know, I don't want to I don't want to compare them to this year's Philly team, but maybe like two years ago when Philly, you know, the process still hadn't borne fruit yet. But, man, you couldn't... <laughs> you couldn't take your foot off the gas against that team two years ago because they were just young and they wanted to run all day long. And, um, boy, I don't even, I don't even know how many games, what did they win? Like 25 games last year. I can't, I can't really remember Philly last year. No, you mean two years ago? Well, the two years ago. Yeah. Let me pull it up. I literally just had it up. No, I'm talking last year. I I don't, I I mean, yeah, two years ago, two seasons ago, 28 games. Yeah. Last year they won like, Almost fifty, right? So yeah, they won fifty-two. So that team, which you know was bad, but played with a lot of pace and was gritty defensively, and they had the worst offensive rating in the NBA. Like I would use that as a comp to the Cavs. Um, and that team, if you looked at their roster, you know they had tons of guys with two. Three years of experience or less. Robert Covington, Joel Embiid, Jeremy Grant, um, TJ McConnell, Nerlens Noel, Okafor, uh, the rookie rookies, uh, Poitras and Sarek. 
And then Dario, um, sorry. they had uh, Stauskas. With his what's, Hitler hairdo. Yeah, yeah. What, what's Stauskas' nickname? Like Sauce or something like that? Sauce Castillo. <laughs> Sauce Castillo. Sauce Castillo. So the point is, especially with guys like Covington, they, they, de- you know, they defended hard, if not really effectively. I just think the Cavs could be kind of fun to watch. And they could yeah. beat a couple good teams when the teams take them lightly. I think they're going to have trouble scoring. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's any way around that. I think a lot's going to hinge on how much of an offensive burden Kevin Love can really take on because he spent the last four years shedding offensive responsibility. So if he kind of excels going back into a role where he has to take, you know, 21 shots a game or something, they could be like fighting for an eight seed. And if he's just kind of past that point, as a player, and he's meant to be more of a complimentary player, then, yeah, I don't know where they're going to get their usage from. You know what well, I mean? Well, if that's the case, he's that's going to look like a terrible signing, <laughs> that contract extension. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. The only problem with, with Love is that, to your point, like, like they need... When he was getting double and triple teamed in his Minnesota days, he was a younger, you know, like more sort of power yeah. power player. And now he's kind of in between the that and, player, and yeah, yeah, and the finesse three point shooter. So if you throw, if he's their best player, and your teams are throwing double and, and sometimes triple teams at him, other guys going to have to hit shots or get open. So that's going to be the yeah. that's going to be the key to it, really, because otherwise it's going to be really hard to. It's going to be really hard for for Love to, you know, even match the numbers he had previously. He may have to just become an under the basket player, where he's just focusing on, you know, defensive rebounds and outlet passes and trailing for the for the long three. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. So a lot will I mean, hinge I, on, you know, his role. The other thing I worry about Kevin Love is can he stay healthy if his use right. ja- you know, jacks way up. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to see his minutes go way up. I think they'll they'll be pretty smart about his minutes yeah. because you don't think Ty Lue will ride him for 40 minutes a game and hope he plays 82 no, games don't. a year. And <laughs> I God, I hope not. But I think they also have enough bigs on this team that the minutes are there to play other guys. I mean, I don't know, like you said, what you do with Tristan Thompson, but. Um, and that's kind of the one thing I really think this team is missing is a combo forward or a, uh, you know, a three that can play the four. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that guy's Chetty a little bit, but... Just don't know if he's got the bulk to do it. Right, exactly. That's a really light lineup if you've got, like, Nance or Tristan Thompson at the five. Yeah. If Nance could shoot Chetty better, he'd be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, do you can you can you start a lineup of Tristan Love and and Nance with? No, you can't. Right, no, you can't. No, so you're no. gonna have to play Jetty at three, and then Nance is. It's either Nance or Tristan starting alongside Love, with the other one coming off the bench. Right. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to roll a Zizic and. See how you see how you do there, and just bury Tristan until you know. Use Tristan as as like a like a Dennis Rodman, where you just you know play him in spurts when you need rebounding. I, I kind of think that will be Tristan's role, but um, 
I've seen some shots of Tristan in a, this summer, and he looks like he's in much better shape. I mean, I know it's August, but I kind of get the feeling that he's kind of trying to return himself back to shape a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully he's kind of over the injury issues of last year. Because he definitely looked more like the old Tristan in the playoffs. Right. Uh, and he looked like he had lost some weight by the time the playoffs rolled around because mm. he was looking rough in, like, February, March yeah. time frame. Yeah. So. That ca- those calf injuries will do that to you. Yeah. And, well, and that's kind of the other thing about Rodney Hood is they kind of expected him to be that 3-4 combo guy that could come in and play, and it just doesn't seem like he's that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, No, he's a 2-3. Yeah. He's just a really tall did one. Have, <laughs> did have that combo forward that had a little bit of bulk. and But I don't see that guy in the roster unless Sam Decker really turns into a player that they hope he can. But yeah. Nope, yeah. time to time to tank for Zaire, right? <laughs> you think? <laughs> no, I'm just saying if you want a guy with bulk who can play the, the three oh, and yeah, the four. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But... You know, so what about you, E.G.? I mean, kind of how do you see this rotation and and the team shaking out, at least to start the season? I think it's going to be a lot of trial and error. I mean, I, I, I could see, as much as I don't want to see it, like I could see Ty Lue kind of falling back on the, we want to win early, so we're going to put the guys out there to the, the – that got us to the finals aside from LeBron in the past and start a lineup of Tristan and Kevin and, uh, you know, and, and maybe Jetty and then, you know, JR and, and Hill, you know, with alternating in Sexton. But I think that'll go away quickly. And I mean, look, I, I'd love it if they kind of went with, if I, I kind of would love it if they just, kept love at the five really and just said you know mm-hmm. what we're gonna we're gonna put kevin at the five and go with nance at the four and um you know jetty at the three and bring tristan the, off the bench bring tristan and and uh zizich off the bench and you know and then have um sexton and hill out there and you know and if, if you need length you put in maybe you put in hood um you know maybe you get some good maybe you get some good minutes out of nawaba i don't know i mean he could be a he could be that three four guy potentially he could right be. he's a small forward in a shooting guard's body so yeah <laughs> well, so he's got I, a ridiculous uh, wingspan but he's only six five so yeah but i mean look i i'd love to just see a team that that just goes out runs the floor plays good Actually defense out on shooters yeah because yeah, you know what you can win you can win 30 games a year in the NBA if you just show up with more effort than the other guys on yeah. a given night in you yeah. know, January and February. So, I don't know. I, th- I think if they really want to, if they really want to try to compete for that 7 8 spot, which is about as high as I think they can go, um, yeah, I think, I think they'd be better served just to, just to really kind of run it almost in, in hockey line shifts, you know, and then just keep guys fresh and keep, keep the pace up, keep guys running playing defense and you know a little and, bit what Toronto did in the regular season last year. Yeah, a little bit of that. You know, you really develop the bench, you really get a nice chemistry going, you know, with with guys coming in, everybody 
Nobody knows everyone knows they're not going to play more than 25 30 minutes a game but they're everybody's going to play and everybody's going to get to touch the ball and they all buy in defensively and I could I'd really enjoy a team like that a, a good energetic uh gets up and down defensively hard-nosed kind of team um whether or not Tyloo and his you know band of merry men can get that you know figure that out how to do that I just, I, I, I fear too much of Ty trying to, trying to keep his job by sticking with vets and not trusting the rooks enough. And yeah, that would be the Cavs and the Cavs looking really kind of old and bad, um, to, to start things out and then making it clear they kind of have to, you know, buy into the, the trading guys away at the, at the deadline and, and tanking for, for the, to save this, to save the draft pick. So. Yeah, yeah it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how Tyloo takes this season. Um, I I'd love to be I'd love to, to be pleasantly more. surprised, but I don't think I will be. <laughs> well, I would love to see Longabardi not on this team, but <laughs> he's still here. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Um, um, my take is that, like I said, I think they'll start the team with. Uh, Sexton and Hill at the guard spots, and then Chetty at the three, Love at the four, and either Nance or, uh, you know, probably they'll probably start Tristan at the five just for rebounding and because Nance can play either spot off the bench, whereas Tristan can really only play the five at this point. Yeah. Um, because you can't really play Zizic and, and um, TT together, but... I, I do think uh, the one guy we might be not thinking of a little bit is Channing Fry. I think he'll get a little more run than. I hope so. Think. I hope he does. Because at least he can shoot the ball. <laughs> yeah, and he's a big. You can actually play with Tristan, um, because he can shoot the ball and space the floor some. So yeah, look, I'd rather have I'd rather have a if you've got if you've got Love and Nance starting and have. And then have Tristan and Channing come off the bench. Like that's a better rotational thing there. Yeah. But the other thing is, they might just be have. They might have to showcase some of these guys just to get their oh, trade yeah. value up. You know, like you're gonna have to showcase that Tristan is a is has gotten back into shape and is a valuable valuable uh, NBA player. Maybe can help a team like a like a Pelicans or a um, yeah maybe even Toronto. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Jordan Clarkson look like a competent NBA player again. <laughs> maybe the Philippine games will change him. Yeah, maybe um you know maybe he can actually maybe if he knows that Kyle Korver is coming off a pin down, he'll actually get him the ball. Uh, that that's kind of my biggest worry about this team is. The bench point guard unit, um, who's going to run the offense on the second unit is probably what scares me more than anything, um, because that was a huge issue in the playoffs, huge issue in the regular season last year when George Hill and LeBron were on the floor, and now they don't have LeBron. So I'm a little bit terrified of Jordan Clarkson, backup point guard. Uh, I do kind of wish they'd have gotten you know one more guard. Well, that's that would be my biggest fear about starting that backcourt that you're talking about, which is... Right, yeah, that's... you got to stagger it somehow. Yeah, although you can do that and then, you know, sub out George Hill 
five minutes in. Yeah. You know. Maybe that's uh, JR's yeah. job to, like, finish off quarters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no drinking game yeah. puns good, intended. Good, good, good clock management, JR. <laughs> oh, that hurt too soon. Sorry. Too soon. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's all we know about the Cavs at this point. Yeah, um, it's still early. It's only August. Yeah, we're about uh, five weeks from training camp, I think. Uh, training camp. No, I think we're about three weeks from training camp because we start in mid-October, I think. Um, that can't be right, can it? Yeah, yeah we start in right. mid-October. October yeah, 16th or something is the first game or 17th? Yeah, and so we'll, we'll probably be mid-September when training camp rolls around. Okay, so I guess we're not too early with this. Yeah, no, we're we're... I don't even think we're five weeks away. We might be four weeks away. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be. I think it's, it's gonna coming, be coming up quick. I think it's gonna be harder to get to get Cleveland sports fans interested if the Browns are are good at all. Well, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, here's everything you need to know about the Browns. The Browns didn't sign Des Bryant because they thought Gordon was coming back. Because for some reason, you can only have one good receiver. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I put me in the camp of I'm not so sure Des Bryant is an additive to this team. Well, I, I'll agree with you there. But the other part of it is just like it just don't. I just don't understand what this team's doing half the time. Yeah, but at um, least they're 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 making better decisions than they have over the past few. So. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know if that. I, Just talent-wise, I, I think they're better. I mean, bringing in guys like Landry and uh, you know drafting guys like like Miles Garrett and the the kid they got from Ohio State this year. I, I mean, at the very least, it feels like they're they're increasing their talent and trying to put you know, at least some semblance of a team back on the field. But we'll see. you're right, we'll see. I'm just saying, I think with the hype around the Browns right now, with the hard knocks and, yeah. you know, with, with even if they're not winning games, they, they're still going to be the Baker mania that, that follows, uh, that'll at least sort of squelch some of the beginning, I think, of the, of the Cavs season. And you may have, may have a deep run by the Indians if, you know, if they can handle the Red Sox like they did tonight. Yeah, yeah, the Indians, it's, I mean, once again, it's all going to come down to health and, you know, how hot yeah. they are in uh, in September and, and hopefully October. Yep. So should we wind it down we, we, for now? We're getting, we're getting a little close, but, um, yeah, the one, I wanted to ask you if you had anything to pitch, any, uh, any summer... Uh, Summer movie picks, anything like that? Man, I gotta tell you, there haven't been a whole lot of movies this summer. Um, people are talking about Crazy Rich Asians. Um, <laughs> not really, not really my cup of tea, but, um, but, uh. I, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I, I've seen the preview. It just, yeah, like you said, not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, it just hasn't, it just hasn't been a, a, hu a really great movie. I feel like summer movies. we peaked real early on the movies. Although, I like, will say Mission Impossible was pretty good. It would, the stunts were great. The acting and the script, not so much. Yeah. But the stunts <laughs> were great. Like, Entertaining. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and the cast is entertaining as well. Yeah, you know. Now I've been Simon doing a Pelley. lot of like catch up on on uh, streaming this summer. So yeah, what, what's uh, what's heavy in your rotation? Well, I just I, I I went through all the seasons of Homeland up to to now, which I oh wow hadn't watched previously. So finished that that off for next season. I'm I'm caught up on on my Game of Thrones watching. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I just started uh, was, that Handmaid's you know, Tale. Spoiler alert! Let let let's give everybody the spoiler alert. Tune out now. I was really disappointed in the last season of Game of Thrones. I thought it just what was it? I heard it. It sounded like every bad band's when they start sucking and just putting out greatest hits albums. <laughs> that that was the the criticism I heard, and it was totally accurate. I mean, you know, Ice Dragon at the end. I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. This is just. <laughs> Uh, I was very disappointed. Kind of felt like it went nowhere. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Uh, you know, hang hung on a season too long. Do you watch it, Tom? Tom is uh, had to step away for a minute. Oh, okay. He said he would be back to sign in. So <laughs> I'm trying to think. I haven't been watching a ton of movies. I went and saw Mission Impossible. Um, just read a couple uh, Haruko Mur- Muramaka. Now i got to figure out how to say it. The novelist, the Japanese no- novelist. Yeah. I know who you mean. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> Muramaki. Yeah. Uh, Haruki Muramaki. So, uh, really enjoyed, uh, his books. So, kind of, kind of trying to get back into reason, reading a little bit. I did, was doing a lot of work, uh, before I went on vacation and a lot of, uh, working on a house that I was uh, <coughs> getting ready to put on the market. Mm. Not not my house, but somebody else's house. So oh, nice. I, I was uh, I was uh, busting my butt. I was working like fourteen, sixteen hour days. So didn't have a lot of lot of extra time, but um, uh, certainly worked hard this summer. And you know, saw some good shows. Jason Isbell, um, Nico Case. Oh yeah. Um, um, I'm excited for you know fall concert seasons coming. So there's. Some I'm going to see. Uh, I'm going to see uh, Smashing Pumpkins in two in uh, two weeks. Nice, nice. Yeah. Should be. You're not going to see Juan. No. <laughs> no. So yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, anything you're looking forward to? Uh, what What is your take on the new? popular movie Oscar category or are you not allowed to comment no no I, I I'm not a fan I think it I think it's it's like what I, I like that they're cutting the show way down I mean that okay. that's a that's a positive because no one cares about that but making a making a popular movie I mean, it's like the the uh with the MTV movie awards didn't want any of that like it, it's just that's what the Golden Globes has been that you know, I mean, the closest mm-hmm. to that, and I get it. I mean, people want to see their populist movies recognized, but at the same time, it's sort of like, well, what's what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? Like, it's right. Like, well, the other thing is, I kind of feel like they're alienating the core audience a little bit too. Well, yeah. It's like people who's turning into the Oscars to, you know, watch, you know, Black Panther get another. You know, if you love but Black you, Panther, give it a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. But you gotta, but you gotta yeah. realize that um, right now in Hollywood, it's all about public relations spin. I mean, it's all about how do we get, how do we get the, the two two thirds of the country back that we lost with the 
you know, with, with the Me Too movement, not movement, but the, the, you know, sort of the reveal of all these things and, you know, the sort of the dark underbelly of what, what Hollywood's been for the last, you know, really since, since its inception, it's just, you know, finally really kind of coming to light and, uh, and the backlash of that too. You know what I mean? For, for every, I mean, you saw like today, like, I don't know if you saw it, but like one of the main Harvey Weinstein accusers, was herself outed for, you know, or sued by somebody for, or revealed that she paid off somebody for her own sexual harassment suit. And you're like, well, you know, where, where does it end? You know what I mean? Like, you start throwing rocks and, you know. So Hollywood needs a big um, PR facelift right now. So I think it's just one more of those things where it's like, how do we appeal to the masses to get them back to being interested in, you know, in the, the pomp and circumstance of Hollywood again. So, and one of those ways is to say, well, let's put a populist movie category out there to get people excited about, Oh, well my, you know, the star Wars movie I like might win or the Marvel movie I like might win. So, <laughs> Which basically best Disney movie yeah, would be the category? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. like the one I'm looking forward to is the one that Tom mentioned, which is First Man, the the next Damien Chazelle movie. Yeah, that looks the, good. That looks good. The palette looks a little dark. Which one? Oh yeah, the palette. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say I I kind of like okay, what's the difference between this and uh, the right stuff? But I think there's a delineation there. Yeah. So. Well, his story is pretty great. And, oh, his story is and great, it's, it, and it's, the right stuff is really before that story. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and the right stuff, you can make a, a ton of great astronaut movies because there's a ton of great astronauts. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I'm looking forward to it, too, and, and the right stuff's probably one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't know that. I love the know. right stuff. Oh, the right stuff. For one thing, it still looks gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, there's some... It was filmed in kind of the golden age of the the premiere, or the uh, when Technicolor was kind of at its height as a as a film medium. It, it, those films filmed in the late seventies, early eighties, in Technicolor, you know, when they were done right, still look gorgeous. Yeah. Well, and and there's something to be said too for I mean, movies about guys that that really kind of like put put their lives in the hands of you know in the hands of others. I mean. You know the the whole uncertainty of the space program in the beginning, and and even even in yeah. those times was like, well, who knows if it's going to work or not? You know, we're just we're yeah. taking it we're taking a giant risk here. So, you know, it's just interesting yeah. to see that stuff. Even Apollo thirteen. I, I mean, you know the ending before you see the movie, but it, it, at the same time you're watching it, and it's you know great performances and and you, well, and and you kind of never realize how insanely out on a limb they were. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, Apollo thirteen is a great movie, but I'm I'm looking forward to the. I mean, it looks it looks. I can't tell if it looks camp too campy or not, but I just love the music. I, I'm looking forward to to the the Freddie Mercury uh, Queen movie too. Oh, uh, uh, and the the guy that's playing him looks really good. It's a guy from uh, uh, Mr. Robot, Rami Malek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 looks like a fantastic cast and probably a much better fit than. Uh, uh, who was the oh, guy Sasha that was Baron Cohen. forever? Sasha Baron, Sasha Baron Cohen was going to do it, yeah. And and I think that kind of has passed Sasha Baron Cohen by, but yeah, probably for 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 the best, for best for all parties. Yeah. 
I don't know if he could have pulled that real off. Tom, you got any good softball stories from the summer? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Did you play I do. this summer? Yes, I did. Um, well, I mean, my favorite is to toot my own horn and say I became a good outfielder this year because I've never played outfield ever. Like, I didn't play it growing up. I haven't played it in softball in the past. So I've played enough baseball to know how to, like, you know, hit a cutoff man um, or woman in this case. It's a co-ed league. And... um but I, I was never great at judging fly balls, you know, like I had, I was good when I had a lot of time, but in softball sometimes, you know, you don't want to play too deep because then people just going to drop little singles in on you all day long and right. it's, and it's real frustrating. But if you play in too shallow, I mean, you could really get burned. So, but I felt like, you know, like third or fourth game in, I was playing very aggressive. I was playing like a short, short outfield and then, uh, just, I was, I got pretty good at, at reading balls and running back to get them. And I made some pretty nice plays. Nice. Um, nice. but my favorite play of the year was Call when, you, uh, shoeless Tom Pesta. Yeah. Thank you. My favorite play of the year was when I let a guy I work with sub in for me and he had brought his children to the game and they're, you know, younger and they're just playing in the dugout and I'm sitting there kind of being the manager, keeping score or whatever. And a uh, guy on the other team hits a pop-up, and it's coming straight for the dugout. And I'm yelling, you know, heads up. And I realize, like, this is coming straight for us. And so I reach out with my bare hand, and I, I catch the ball inches above his son's head. <laughs> like, right above his head. And I look, and I was like, I just saved your kid's life, you know. Um, but it was a fun... It, yeah, it was a fun season. You know, I got into it with the umpires a couple, a couple too many times, but we, uh, we did not on win. On calls or on, or on strike calls or anything? What, like, what was Well, it? more, more because our league does this thing where it goes to one pitch, um, after so many minutes and they're trying to pack too many games into the night. So they should, instead of doing three games a night, they should do two. Right. Because at 55 minutes, which is not that much time, everything goes to one pitch. And the problem in one pitch in our league is our league already penalizes walks severely. So if you walk a guy, he gets second base. Wow. Yeah. And you're playing with two different balls. You're playing with um, the ladies' ball is smaller and lighter than the men's ball. So as a pitcher, every time you switch balls, it's like an adjustment. And so, you know, I, I have to adjust every time I switch. Balls. Yeah, exactly. And so, you you know what I'm talking about. And so the problem is that first pitch is very often not a strike and you're just kind of feeling it out. And so I got I got really frustrated <laughs> I got really frustrated with this umpire. He's the same umpire I always get into it with because I felt like it, we were unnecessarily going to one pitch. We were playing really fast. It was a, the game was nine to six or nine to five. We were winning. And by going to one pitch, our pitcher, you know, was having trouble throwing strikes. And, um, the game ended up, we ended up losing 18 to 16 on a game that through six innings was nine to six. <laughs> so, and in a way, does one pitch make it fast? Well, it didn't in this case at all. And so I was kind of arguing with him after the game, like, you know, why did you have to even go to one pitch? 
Um, and I wrote a big long email to the commissioner. <laughs> of course yeah. you did. But the, but the umpire threatened to throw me out if I didn't shut up. Well, and, why I will never root for one pitch again. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Why I want one pitch to fail forever. Or yeah, like you part, said, just part two, one of two games instead of trying to squeeze in three. Well, I, I gave him a lot of options. I said, here's all your options. <laughs> I, I gave him the hard options. Don't schedule so many games or start earlier and later. Yeah. I, and I said, but or here's add the a night to the week. But here's, but guys, here's the easy option, which I laid out in grotesque detail. <laughs> Tell the umpires if they have to go to one pitch to expand the strike zone. Because yeah. this is freaking underhand softball. Guys have 20 minutes to square up a pitch. If it's like pretty close, call it a strike. And that's what bothered me. And so I was yeah. upset in the first place that the guy went to one pitch, and then the fact that he's got this teeny tiny strike zone. It was just very frustrating watching guys just walk the bases and then... Yeah. Well, not only that, or, if you go to one pitch... Or find a ball that's just, like in only between. Go to first. Yeah, or something. Yeah. But Yeah, well, and they should only go to first on a one-pitch walk. Well, they don't, because the the whole idea yeah. is, in a co-ed league, you, don't, you wouldn't want people walking guys to get to girls, which I understand, no. but giving them second is like... It's fine, but not at one pitch because no one, no one is up there trying to do anything fancy. They're just pitchers are just trying to get the ball over so as not to walk anyone. And so this umpire with this tiny strike zone, it was just really, really bugging me. So he, <laughs> so I was arguing with him and then he, it was funny because then he starts taunting me saying, don't be upset with me that, you know, your team, you know, is blowing or whatever. And I just said, you know, you you did not have to go to one pitch, and you could expand the zone. A lot of these are very hittable pitches. And then what was funny was he then threatens to throw me out. Um, and there's this old guy in a lawn chair that was like a fan of the other team, and he, and I'm basically like coaching third base, so I'm right over there. And he starts getting into it. Like I, I didn't I didn't really say anything to him, but he starts taunting me. And I thought it was so funny that in this co-ed softball league, which, first of all, we never have anyone come to our games. Like, maybe two <laughs> people come to watch us. And this other team had, like, fans, including this old guy wearing a, a ball cap, sitting in a lawn chair, trying to, you know, trying to taunt me from the stands. You had the Spike Lee of of uh, Dayton co-ed softball. <laughs> yeah. So the funny story is then the next game we played the same team, and that of guy, course you and did. that guy was back. And uh, early on in the game, you know, I got into it with the pitcher of the other team because it. So because this is co-ed, you have to switch softballs between batters, and the the person that's like the steward of the other ball is the base coach of the other team. So while the other pitchers throw into like my dude, I'm holding the girl's ball. And so after that at bat is over, I throw the girl's ball to the pitcher. He throws the guy's ball back to me. Okay. So if you can picture this, I go to throw the, the one of the balls back to the pitcher and I did it underhand and it wasn't a great throw. Like he had to kind of reach for it a little bit and it tips off his glove and he makes a face like he's so disgusted. And he literally, he literally chucks the ball like into the stands, like way over my head. And I just like, I just snapped. I just lost it. And I start screaming at this guy and he starts yelling at me. I mean, we both went from zero to like a million in seconds and people were worried we were going to start fighting. And I, it's funny because when I get really mad, 
I can actually like say a lot of words really fast, like faster than I can normally. So I'm in great detail screaming that the ball I threw to him tipped off his glove. And if he didn't suck, he should have just caught the damn ball because it tipped off his glove. And he intentionally chucked it into the stands. And he's a, you know, you know what? And so it got really heated. And then that fan starts John at me and I was I was and so it's funny because I knew this pitcher you know for a long time and so he calms down and he he because he, funny we went from zero to a million and then we went back down to zero pretty quickly it was kind of weird and he's like you know what you're right I'm sorry and I looked at him and I'm like okay you're you know what it's okay I, I'm kind of hot-headed and he's like me too <laughs> I thought we were gonna like bro hug it out and this all transpired in like 10 seconds so i'm over it the pitcher's over it you know we're shaking hands between innings and stuff but this fan was not over it you know <laughs> the guy so, in the lawn chair the guy in the lawn chair is not over it but what was funny is i go back into the field into the outfield and i made i kid you not a leaping over the shoulder catch that everyone was flipping out like i couldn't believe i caught it and then the next um, batter, I made a diving catch coming forward. Like, like I don't. If you ask me now, like, okay, here's grass, like, go dive. I, I'd be like, I don't know how, and I wouldn't even do it. But for some reason, like, instincts just took over. I was like, I gotta get this ball. I go, <laughs> you, you were, I go, you were rage, uh, rage field. I was rage fielding. I go full extension. I full extension forward slide, catch the ball right before it hits the ground, and then I like roll a couple times on the ground. Everyone's and the other teams like clap and they're like that's amazing and so the inning's over now i'm back as the base coach so i get really close to that fan and i just look over and i'm like so what'd you think of those plays <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me and he just kind of goes what and i said did you happen to catch those those plays in the outfield he goes oh, oh yeah yeah. That, per, hey, Kobe. Yeah. How's my bleep taste? <laughs> he goes, yeah, that's pretty good. And so then I just looked at him and I was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, you know, and thanks for, thanks for coming out and supporting Kettering Coed Softball. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Tommy, never disappoint with your softball stories, man. Never, never, ever. <laughs> Well, I uh, later on a on a future podcast when all the uh, all the legal ramifications have uh, died down, I will have to uh, tell you my U-Haul story. Oh no! <laughs> I I don't know like, the sound it, it, of that legal ramifications, but <laughs> nothing serious, nothing too serious. Anyway, let's just say um, there is a legal issue between me and the Giant Eagle slash Get Go Corporation. <laughs> over actions involving a U-Haul and a gas station garbage can. Uh, right on. <laughs> what? <laughs> for another podcast. So that's a little teaser, teaser for a future podcast. It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> a little long in the yeah. tooth. <laughs> well, guys, it's good to touch base with you midsummer or close to the end of summer here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and we got. You know, I think maybe not even a month we, until Cavs. And we haven't camp, talked so. Browns at all. That's amazing. Did you guys talk? Well, we did a little bit while we, you were. Oh, you while were I was taking away, care yeah. of business. Yeah. Did you? Um, yeah. Did you talk the Urban Meyer thing too? No. Ah. We're, stay, no, we we're staying. We're staying away from that one tonight. We gotta go. We'll. We'll future podcast. <laughs>
when that all resolves, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll when Ohio State makes game. a ruling, we can talk about it. <laughs> In there, isn't there fourteen days up? We're under a gag order now. Yeah, yeah and we were also at an hour and fifty minutes almost. Yeah. So next time we should. We should well, we what's your prediction? Is Urban Meyer going to be the coach when we next podcast? I think so. Yes. He'll be the coach. Whether he's the active coach is a different discussion. So you think I, – I, I got this weird feeling that some the president or someone at Ohio State's going to want to make an example out of him. And yeah. I feel like it's in, it's in light of also – the um, I think a lot of it's not actually about Urban. I, I really legally don't think he did anything wrong, and I I don't want to say morally, but I I don't I struggled with the the mecha- the mechanics of what he's really supposed to do in these types of situations. But I think I thought we weren't talking. About <laughs> well, anyway, my point is there's this weird wrestling, like similar to Michigan State scandal, uh, that's being you know unearthed right now at Ohio State. Oh, yeah, the Jim Jordan scandal, yeah. It's not the Jim Jordan scandal, dude. Come on. <laughs> I totally know you, how to you knew you. you knew you were going to trigger me with that. <laughs> I set the Let, hook. Yeah, Nate's sitting there in his lawn chair just waiting for you, Tom. <laughs> Got me. Just don't go to one pitch. Just don't go to one pitch. I might. I might. I did. I just went to one pitch, and you struck out. Yeah, sorry. No, no, struck out one pitch. Yeah, I'm blowing it now. But I got this sinking. I got this weird feeling. We need. We need to hug it out now. Yeah, we do. I hope they just you know slap Urban on the wrist, suspend him to say we did something about it, and just let it go. But I got this weird feeling that they have to prove that they're doing something about it. Yeah, but they're also going to be hard-pressed to find somebody else who's going to win the kind of games that Urban does for yeah. their trustees. I mean, that's a, I mean, I always look at it, I guess, from a money standpoint where it's like if there were, if the law wasn't, cause again, I, I morally or, or not, you know, it's, it's a tough call with the, you know, what the responsibilities of a head football coach are in regards to the, the assistant coaches that work for him, but, the guy was the the fact remains that the guy was never arrested for anything. There there sounds like there was wrongdoing on both sides, and you know when it comes down to it, like I just even you know if there's no if there's no legal leg to stand on, then then it's I find it hard to believe that the they're going to be able to justify you know making a lot of a lot of trustees and and uh, you know Buckeye backers upset. Yeah, it it it's hard to say. I mean, I think the difference between this sport and basketball is you literally have five times as many players on that more than that within your organization that you have to be responsible for. You know, uh, the other side of it is he was dumb. It, I, it is as with many things the cover up and the way they handled the situation when the stuff came to light is as big of a, you know, sin, quote-unquote, as the uh, as the initial actions themselves, and I think that's a lot of what is getting them in trouble. Yeah. So... Well, that was like Jim Trestle. I think that's where the suspension will come from. Well, that's, that's Jim suspended. Trestle didn't do anything wrong. He just kind of lied about it. I know. It. It, it isn't 
the funny thing of like, isn't what Jim Trestle did? Doesn't that seem so tame now? Yeah. Well, it, it always it, not now. It always seemed tame. Um, the Jim Trestle thing was the NCAA. Yeah. Coming down yeah. hard, and it, that was really an overcorrection to all the Reggie Bush nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Trestle was not nearly the. I mean, he won. He won a national championship, but. You know, but <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying in the over the course of it, he wasn't nearly as successful as Urban's been. Is what I'm trying. Well, was I'm trying to say he, he wasn't as successful. Yes, I, I will say there was, was more of an agenda. Successful. There was more of an agenda to get Trestle ousted at that point in time for yeah. other reasons aside from the scandal than there are now to get Urban out. Yeah. As opposed to, it's as I'm the, saying, this it's context. the total anti-sweater vest agenda is what it was. Yeah, it was. It just feels like if there was ever an issue where, like, what issue would there, what issue or what area would you pick that on a college campus would need the least amount of meat behind it to have a college campus flip out, and it would be something around. You know, sexual. Well, it's not even sexual assault. Domestic, domestic abuse, violence. Right? Or, yeah. That, that they're calling it sexual assault somehow. I'm not yeah. sure why, but you know, in the articles they kind of blur the lines between those things. But yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of speculation. I I think actually the one thing that may be in Trussell's favor and it's tragic is the Maryland situation is greatly overshadowed that situation. But what? As it should have. The what situation? Maryland. Oh, the kid dying. Oh. Yeah. Wait, someone died in Maryland? Yeah, during a a workout. Oh, like from... And he he had a seizure, and uh, they basically didn't do anything for like an hour. Oh, man. And then the guy died. Oh, man. That's Yeah, and so the head coach was fired, and so that's taking a lot of uh, focus away from the Ohio State situation. Wow. Nationally. so. So I think that will ultimately probably be tragically be Urban Myers probably saving grace this year. Mm. <laughs> because he well, the we'll see. national firestorm has definitely been ta- uh the focus has been taken away. Yeah. So do you guys anyway. even care like if Urban Meyer is like a nice guy or not, or do you just want him to win football games? Like honestly. I just don't even care anyway. Because you don't like so. football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I mean I, I'm happy when Ohio State fans are happy. But. I like to believe that the best in people and that, you know, that, that he is a good guy. And this was a a circumstance where his biggest mistake was, was maybe not firing this guy a while ago. Although it sounds like there was context there with him being, uh, what was he? A, a, what a a grandson of Woody Hayes or something like that. Oh, Bruce or Bruce. Bruce, Right. And then, uh, you know, and then, Again, it's the whole. Well, what did you know? When did you know it? And I think that's why did you say? Thing. Why did you not say something at media day? Right, like that's the big issue, I guess. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, what are the responsibilities of a football coach? You know what I mean. And in, in regards to the stuff, it's it, again, we're not talking about Urban Meyer himself committing the crime, right? right? Yeah. It's more about the cover up of the crime and and was it even covered up or was it just not fully acknowledged, you know, and addressed. So yeah, I guess we're I gonna think find he out. needs to I think he'll make an apology, get suspended for some games, and then that'll be that. Yeah. So we'll see. Well at least there's no elevator video of 
Urban Meyer's oh. wife telling him something because then he'd definitely be fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, not that domestic abuse is anything to make like Not at all. So I, I, and I hope everybody involved in the situation gets uh, all of their... Uh, gets help and and the situation gets better so i would like to make light of how crazy both people seem in in light of all the media reports it seems well, like one of the worst i don't marriages one of situations where i don't even want to judge at this point yeah. there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world that's for sure yeah and and i have been on yeah but you saw that you saw the really salacious crap that came out right no oh you didn't no, and I, I don't even really want to go down that road. But, <laughs> okay. We've somehow gone down um, it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I keep telling you to stop. But yeah. I'll just say that I was on a grand jury for three months, and I would say that about 40% of the cases... Oh, is this a U-Haul we, case? No, this has nothing to do with <laughs> okay. that. Oh. <laughs> There's nothing to do with U-Haul and domestic violence. Um, that about 40% of the cases that we saw... Um, were domestic violence cases, and in, I would say, 95% of them, they were incredibly tragic situations that revolved around a very codependent relationship that both people involved in the relationship needed serious help. So, hopefully they get that. Yeah. So, anyway, yep. without giving too much away. So, but the I'm Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, so that we got that to look forward to. Uh, they're going to be terrible, Tom. <laughs> but they <laughs> won't be winless. They won't be they, winless. They better not be. You know, I, I'm actually, I'm actually going to go with five wins. I, I, normally, I would say like two, but oh, Browns got some interesting pieces. Yeah, I'm going o o and three. Or o thirteen and three. Three ties. Yeah. <laughs> three ties. <laughs> three ties. Man, no, I, you had some wild predictions before. If this one comes true, man, we're gonna have to revisit <laughs> this pod. I'll go. I'll go six and ten, just because I'm optimistic. Ooh, wow, <laughs> that's funny. That's optimistic. So, okay. so who's zero to zero to six? That's pretty good. Uh, who's the starting quarterback on opening day? Uh, oh, Baker. Oh, Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Tyrod Taylor okay. for sure. Tyrod will be How the long? quarterback until he either gets hurt or. Uh, if they lose, if they lose that Thursday night game against the Jets in Cleveland, or mm. the, these are the, the the signposts along the way. So if they're zero and two and they lose that game Thursday night in Cleveland, then I think you'd see Baker start. I think the Browns' plan is they want to go with Tyrod until the the bye week, which I think is week ten or eleven, and. If they can get that far and they're still in the hunt, then they'll probably stick with him. And if they're not, then they'll go to Baker after that, officially. Interesting. That's my theory, anyways. Okay. Uh, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay, let us wrap this up, guys. It's <laughs> getting ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Go Browns. Go Bucks. Go Indians. Go Tribe. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. And go visit Grand Haven if you get a chance. <laughs> and go back to your go back to your folding lawn chair. And yeah. and go support your local co ed softball That's team. That's right. Yes, with a lawn chair. And an old like what lawn chair from the eighties, not one of these new age ones that actually looks comfortable. 
<laughs> like the kind with like the fraying plaid. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the yeah. kind that folds like a lawn chair, not the kind that you know folds into like a like a teepee that you like yeah. stick in it. Not not one of those. Like lots of alu- lots of aluminum and nylon. Yes, aluminum and frayed nylon. Yep, right. and it's got to be like an off like an off green that the sun has bleached even less green. <laughs> and on that note, okay. go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Lost your home. Lost your home. Lost your home. And we're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.